<laughs> All right, so we start hour number three. I'm efforting my next guest. This says, hi, Jim. My kids are looking to get their old lady, me, a birthday present this Saturday. Do you know if Woody does cameos? Signed, Sarah T. Warn me announcing my birthday yearly. Sarah, I don't know that Woody does. He is, I told you, he's half outdoorsman, half Bill Gates. He is an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. He's very successful. He makes a lot of money. I don't know if he's on Cameo. I am, but I don't know if he is. All right. I found my guest. We are joined right now by a fullback for the San Francisco 49ers. He is now in his 11th season overall. He was taken with the 130th pick in the 2013 draft by the Ravens out of Harvard. Last season, he earned his seventh consecutive Pro Bowl selection. The 49ers are 11-3. They've got a six-game winning streak. They have clinched the NFC West for the second straight year, and they are hosting the Ravens on Christmas night. We are joined right now by Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle, good to have you back. How are you? Jim, I'm doing good, man. Uh, You didn't have to put out my draft year there. 2013, you know, it's kind of dating me right now, but... I appreciate you having me on. Bro, I I feel you. You know, and I thought about it too. I was kind of like, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I ended up on the side of that's a really good thing because you're still playing at a high level and you've been in this thing. In fact, I'm going to follow you right there. I'm going to ask you right off the top, Kyle, 11 years in, you've played the game your entire life. What is it that you love so much about the game and what does it mean to you even now? Man, there's so much, um, but the biggest thing just about football in general that I love is its ability to bring people together, Um, you know, to come into a locker room, people from all over the world, um, coming from all different circumstances, and we're all working towards a common goal, uh, and we all become, you know, so tight-knit, best friends, Um, and what it does for communities as well, you know, like fans banding together, everybody coming together on Sundays, to watch their favorite teams, to root for everyone. And uh, I just think football is just such a, an incredible tool of bringing people together. And that's why I just have so much respect for the game and love for the game. And um, that's why 11 years uh, professionally, I'm still doing it. I was going to say, Kyle, it takes such a phenomenal commitment. You know, the grind, the preparation, the details, everything that goes into it. Have you lost any love of that? Or do you still love every aspect of that too? Uh-oh. Kyle. Are we back? Yeah, yeah, I got you now. Yeah. I, did you hear that question or no? Yeah, did you hear my response? I did not. No, I got you now, though. You're back now. So if, go ahead and take a shot well, at hey, that again. I'll run it back. Yeah, please. <laughs> Appreciate you. Go ahead. Uh, my love of the game, it really it, it stems from what um, I think football can do to bring people together. Uh, when you're in a locker room, Everyone's coming from different circumstances all over the country, all over the world. And we come together to work towards one common goal. Um, and nothing uh, brings people together more uh, than shared experiences through working together through hard times and trying to work together on one thing um, with each other. And I think for fans as well, everybody's you know got their favorite team. And on Sundays, they all come together and, and root for their team. And 
uh, I just think that football is just the ultimate tool uh, to bring people together. And that's why I just have such a love and a, a respect for just the game in general. I get that. So, Kyle, let me ask you this. You you win the NFC Western title with the win over the Cardinals. That's the first time in Kyle Shanahan's career that he's gone back-to-back with his team as divisional champs. It shows you how hard it is to win in that league. Given that fact, do you stop and celebrate the divisional title? Or does that feel like business as usual and you have much bigger goals in front of you? Um, you know, it's a little bit of both. Like you said, it really is. It is so hard to win in this league and, um, it gets taken for granted, uh, when you've strung, you know, back-to-back seasons together like this. And I remember uh, as a young player, my second year in the league in Baltimore, um, we made it to the second round of the playoffs. We were a really good team. And I was like, man, now, now that we won, like this is going to happen every season. And I didn't get back to the playoffs for another five years. Um, so every season is a new season. And I do think it's important that you take at least just a second to celebrate these victories um, because you work so hard for them and they are so hard to get. I think it's important, that, you know, in football and in life in general, um, that you got to celebrate these these wins um, because it's not easy to do and you put so much into it. Uh, but for us, you know, we celebrated after the game. We got our hats, our T-shirts. We took some pictures. That was awesome. And like truly genuinely enjoyed that but you're right like we have so much more to accomplish and we're moved on to such bigger things uh right away and you know we're, we're lucky to be in that situation uh that's not always the case it, a lot of times it's not to the last game of the season that you get to celebrate like that so for us to be able to do that and still have three games to go uh just shows what a strong team and what a awesome position we're in right now. Kyle Juszczyk joining us. Kyle, you and I have both mentioned the Ravens, so let me ask you about Christmas Day, Niners v. Ravens. It does not get much better than that, unless maybe you used to play for the Ravens, then maybe it does. I don't know. Does facing them have any added personal significance for you at this stage of your career? Um, Minimal. It, it does a little bit. You know, anytime you get to go against your former team, you know, a team that, um, you know, quite bluntly, they didn't bring me back. Um, so it's always, you know, adds a little bit of extra fuel, but, uh, you know, I've been away from that organization for seven years now that there's really not a lot of people still there from when I was there. I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I can't think of any players. I know there's some coaches, um, but you know, there, there's a little added uh, motivation there, but it, it's, it's nothing crazy. I got you. So when you look at Kyle Shanahan's scheme and play calling, Kyle, obviously it's it's so well-respected around the league for its creativity, for its innovation, but the Niners can line you up and punch you in the mouth and play really physical ball as well. I'm curious, what's it like for you personally to be a part of that offense, and how do you see your responsibilities? Man, I take so much pride in that um, because I think – at the end of the day, like w- what we hang our hat on is being physical, like as an offense, as a team in general, if you're not physical um, and you play for the San Francisco 49ers, like you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Like anytime we bring in somebody new, uh, you know, we draft somebody, bring in someone in free agency. And if right away, um, if they're not playing at our standard, like it's so noticeable. And so for me, uh, in my role, like I, I feel like I need to embrace that because I'm one of the original guys that Kyle um, brought in seven years ago. I was one of those first free agents that's still here. Um, and I feel like I've been able to see that culture be, be built and see exactly you know what Kyle has wanted 
Um, and it means so much to me that he's kept me around this entire time. Cause that means that I've fit that standard that I fit what he's been looking for. Um, so I go out and try to, you know, show these guys, uh, exactly what we're, you know, we're trying to do as far as being physical. And then I'm also trying to match, um, what my teammates are doing. I mean, you see the way that Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon, Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, the way they run the ball, the way they get yards after contact, um, everyone inspires one another. And then the way we, everybody blocks for each other in the run game. Um, it doesn't matter if you're getting the ball, um, you know, 12 times a game, whatever it is, uh, you're going to go block your tail off because you know, the other guy's going to do the same thing for you. So it's a really cool thing that we got going here. Right. If you're that talented and you're that unselfish and you're that physical and you're healthy, chances are you're not going to lose very often. In fact, let me put it to you that way, Kyle, because the team is pretty healthy right now, finally. Do you feel like you are the most complete team in the NFL and that your best will beat everybody else's best? Ah, man, you're setting me up for some bulletin board material here, I feel like. But – uh I will say that we're extremely confident in what we have, and we do feel like we have a very complete team, um, and we're ready to go toe-to-toe with anybody on Sundays. And uh, when we're healthy, I, I mean, we've always felt like that was that was our ceiling, that if we're healthy, we can be the best team in this league. And um, right now, we feel like we're performing at that level. Uh, but what I'm always cautious of, and it's, it's so easy to get labeled as – the best team in this category, the, the best team in this, you know, you look at your ranking and that's all awesome. That's, that's good stuff. Um, but it never guarantees anything, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to play the game and it doesn't matter if we're the best team in the league and we're playing the worst team in the league. Yeah. We probably have a better chance. Um, odds are in our favor, but at the end of the day, like nothing's a hundred percent. So we still got to go out there and prove it each week. Yeah. Right. Kyle, like any given Sunday is one of the oldest and most played cliches, but now more than ever, I mean, week to week in that league, you never know what's going to happen. So I appreciate what you're saying. You know, I spoke to George Kittle a few weeks back and I asked him to explain what makes Brock Purdy so unique. And he talked about Purdy's done this amazing job of building relationships with every single member of the offense and beyond. And then he talked about the command that he has in the huddle. What's your take on what Brock brings to the team, both as a player and as a leader? Yeah, I think George is exactly right in the way he's built relationships with everybody. He's a very personable guy, very easy to talk to, very easy to get along with. Um, But as far as a player, I think it's just been, it's his consistency. And I think uh, that comes from his preparation. I, I, it's really impressive to see how he goes through a week and how he prepares for an opponent, just how hard this guy really studies. Um, you know, there, there's not a lot of BS in with Brock, uh, during the week, you know, we'll, we'll do our install and everybody, and we'll break the meeting and everyone's moving on to their next meeting, going to another room. And Brock is always still in his chair for an extra few minutes. Last guy out of the room, still going over his, his play calls, going over his pictures like this guy is just dialed in all week. Um, But I think that's why he's been so consistent this year. And I think that's why he's put up the numbers he has like week in week out. Like Brock has really been the same guy and he's played at that high level every single week. Hmm. So Kyle, one last thought, the modern game of course is so pass oriented that the fullback position or whatever you want to call it at this point might not be as prominent as it used to be, but how much pride do you take in playing a role that hardcore Niner fans have embraced since guys like Tom Rathman were opening up holes back in the day? I take huge pride in that. I mean, that's everything for me. 
And the fact that, like you said, we're in an age now where um, it's a much more pass-oriented league, um, but I've been able to stick around and, you know, be a key player in what's arguably the best offense in the league. So um, maybe we're doing things right, you know, keeping a fullback around and and keeping me involved. Uh, so I think that just shows um, what an impact a fullback can still have on this game. All right, so I'm not going to say what year you were drafted, but he was drafted by the Ravens out of Harvard back in the day. He earned his seventh consecutive Pro Bowl selection, <laughs> and they are on a six-game winning streak. Kyle, great to have you on the show. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. That was great. Yeah, always talk, good talking to you, Jim. You too. Appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle Juszczyk, joining us on the show. He's had a great career. Great locker room guy. Great guy to talk to. Always enjoy catching up with him. Played his college ball at Harvard, as you may know. He's Ivy. Not bad, eh, Tommy? He's Ivy. All right, cell phone number is toll free, 1-800-636-8686. I love the explanation, too, about the 49ers. He said, believe it or not, as talented as we are, as gifted as we are, as athletic as we are, the one thing we really hang our hat on is physicality. That when you come here, there's a physical standard. That if you don't play to that standard, if you're not physical, you stand out. And that's not the position you want to be in. And it's so true. You think about Kyle Shanahan. You think about his ability to play call. You think about the schemes. You just think about this is a really, really sharp guy who's so far out in front of it. But you tend to overlook sometimes just how physical they are. They will punch you in the mouth. They'll line you up. They'll manhandle you. And they'll punch you in the face. That's a really physical team offensively as well. Their skill guys are so physical. I mean, it goes without saying, defensively, that's a physical team. But their skill guys offensively are extremely physical. So I'm not trying to put him in a bad spot. But to me, they're easily the most complete team in the league. And their best will beat everybody else's best. Here you go, Niner fan. All right, so we are still wide open. I want to talk about Nebraska getting their guy. I want to talk about the Lakers going through with it. I, I really thought that it was just some kind of bad prank or some kind of troll. I really did not think, deep down, I'm a Los Angeles native. I grew up watching the Lakers. My first idol was Gail Goodrich. I've watched his team for decades. There is no way that team is going to fly a banner for an in-season tourney. Like, that was just some bad joke. A sick joke. And then, sure enough, it went right up there in the rafters. Ceremony, banner, the whole whack process. And then, of course, they went out and got beat. I was hoping that when they unfurled that banner and the spotlight hit it and everybody was looking at it with the epic music, that it was going to unfold to the giant lettering of J-O-K-E. Ha, ha, ha. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Maybe even with a hashtag, LOL. No, but no, they meant it. They meant it. And they did it. Salvador Yoga. So, Rome, you're saying that Pete Carroll saved his job last night. No, that's not what I said, Salvador. Man, did, do any of you ever hear what I say as opposed to what you want me to say or you want you think what I heard? What I said as we ended the hour was he needed that game. And he was sitting on a hot seat. He was. 
they were on a losing streak. They had been six and three. Things looked great. Things started to go sideways. And yeah, that seat was getting hotter and hotter. No, I did not say that he was coaching for his job. I said, had they lost that game, it would have gotten even hotter and there would have been even more speculation. We were talking about fan bases that want to fire their coaches. If they lose that game, they've gone from a team that had really high expectations, that was playing at a high level, to losing four in a row, five in a row, and the seat getting hotter. They came into that game having lost four in a row. That would have been five in a row, six of their last seven. So yes, the seat would have been hotter. Would they have fired him? I didn't say that. Salvador writes, so Rome, you're saying Pete Carroll saved his job last night. No, I'm saying he bought himself some breathing room. And I'll stand by that. The gum chewer won his Super Bowl more recently than Mike Tomlin and has at least the comparable resume as Tomlin. Yet a Steeler fans are ingrates for wanting him gone. Make it make sense, national radio guy. Hey, national radio listener, that's not what I said. I said that if he lost that game, that he'd be in a very similar situation as Tomlin. And Seahawk fan would be saying, get him the hell out of here. It's time. Let's make a move. Seahawk fan would be feeling like you if they lost five loss or five games in a row. Now, I'm saying, and again, Steeler fan, you seem really confused. I'm not saying that Mike Tomlin doesn't have issues in that locker room. I'm not saying that that team does not look like a Mike Tomlin team. What I'm saying is, Steeler fan, when you come up in here and you say to me, the guy's fraudulent. He's fraudulent. He won a Super Bowl because he inherited Bill Cowher's players, and you national media don't know anything about this guy like we know about this guy, and he's fraudulent. I'm calling bullcrap on that. He's not fraudulent. He's never had a losing season. And a few weeks ago, when he was 7-4, and four, we were talking about him as a potential Coach of the Year candidate who is doing as good a job as he's ever done. And now you're telling me, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. He's always been a fraud. Tomlin has not always been a fraud, nor is he a fraud right now. But it might be time for a change. Messages get stale. Players get tired of hearing the same thing. The coach himself might need a new challenge. I don't know. I had Sean Merriman on. Do you group him with the so-called, quote, national media? Sean Merriman played in the NFL. Sean Merriman still watches the NFL. When I asked him yesterday what he thought about Mike Tomlin and the frustrations Steelers fans were having with him and whether or not the team should move on from him, he called it, quote, if they did, it would be the biggest mistake in the history of the Steelers organization. I mean, you Steelers fans can't get rid of this guy fast enough. Okay, fine, fine. Two things. One, he would get another job just as quickly. And number two, who are you going to get that's better? And I got another question for you. You're like, the standard is the Super Bowl. We're the Steelers. Who the hell do you think is going to win a Super Bowl with the roster that guy has right now? 
Who do you think is going to walk in and do demonstrably better and contend for rings with that roster? There's not a coach alive who's going to win with those players or contend for a championship. If they decided to move on from Mike Tomlin right now, it would be the biggest mistake they've made in Steeler history. That was Sean Merriman yesterday. Yeah, but like I said, find me a fan base that right now does not want to fire their coach. I just don't think that anybody wants to fire their coach more than the Steeler fan base. They've made that pretty clear. Hitman Canadian, quote, I hate the urine review. Lance Armstrong. I think that qualifies as bathroom humor. Year. Year. In. Review. Not urine review. We're not reviewing anybody's urine. We're reviewing the year 2023 in sports and in the jungle. This is not a drug test. It's not going to be a three-hour drug test. I'm not going to line all of you up, give you all paper cups, and say, give me a sample. It's not a urine review. Year in review. No need to smuggle in fake urine in a rubber donga. All right, do you mind? Can I break? I really need a break. This time I'll say it. I really need a break. Break. Then we'll come back. And we'll talk about the Huskers and the Lakers. And, you know, if a phone call is warranted, I will take it. This is my last week of the year. We've got the year in review on Friday. So you're down to your last few opportunities if you want to call the show. Do so right now. 1-800-636-8686. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. All right. So let's talk to basketball right now. Last week, I shouted out to some of the best, most loyal clones ever in one of my very favorite jungle cities. And I did that because it really did look like a Riola, Riola mania was going to make a return to Nebraska. If you know me at all, you know there's nothing I love to see more than Cornhusker buzz. And right now, oh wait, I interrupt that thought. They're still bumping in Christmas cards. Let's not let a take get in the way of some family recognition. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, there you go. So the cards are still coming in. It's not too late. But Riola Mania was a real thing last week, but not officially official. Now, if you know me at all, you know there's nothing I'd love to see more than the Cornhuskers getting some buzz. And right now, Husker Nation is buzzing, and they should be because it happened. It is official. They landed a five-star quarterback recruit in Dylan Riola, a.k.a. a top 10 overall prospect in the 2024 class, a.k.a. the number two quarterback in the 2024 class. And Matt Rule did not just bag himself a five-star guy. He didn't just bag a five-star quarterback. He swiped that five-star quarterback from Kirby Smart and Georgia. And now that five-star QB is coming home to Lincoln. Not technically home, but his dad is a Lincoln legend. Likes to fight Dom. Is Nebraska royalty. Hopefully that's exactly how his son is going to be remembered as well. 
Now, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee you anything, Husker fan. When it comes to an 18-year-old college football recruit, there are no guarantees, right? Especially not in the age of the portal. But I can say this. It is a great, great thing for Matt Rule. And it's okay to get hyped about this. Maybe even hyped enough to take your shirts off. Especially since y'all just got over on the two-time defending national champs. I mean, if not for that, then when? How often does Lincoln get to get hyped about anything like this? I'll also say this. Riola's social media announcement cracked me up. Now, I'm not sure if he was trying to be funny or what his intended troll level was. All I know is I've never ever seen a player announce a college football commitment with a poem. Yes, these social media commitments have gotten more and more extravagant, more and more over the top, more and more extreme, more and more zany, more and more creative. But I've never seen anybody drop straight up stanzas to announce a commitment before. In fact, it's pretty amazing that anyone is excited enough about joining this program to go all Edgar Allan Poe with it, which is why I'm all for it. In fact, I would like to read it for you all right now, since I know you're curious by now what I'm talking about. Alvin, I need you to set the mood. Can we get some proper music? This is what he dropped. Quote, In the realm of college dreams, where purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Riola. Crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream, where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rogier, and Crouch, a hero in the line. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. So fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare. In a weekend's decision, destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new dynasty enthralls. Bravo. 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 Dude. Bravo. That was so awesome. And believe me, I know a thing or two about poetry and poets, okay? Since I'm about to go spend Christmas hanging out by T.S. Eliot's famous lakeside boathouse where he shacked up to write, create, and think. A boathouse I happen to own now. So yes, that qualifies as poetry, and I would know because I am a poetry authority. Ask me. This young man now is right up there with the great American poets. Poe. Frost. Whitman, Cummings, 
Dickinson, Elliot Riola. Huskers, you need to make this dude the Nebraska State Poet. And yes, there is an actual thing. And it has five-year terms. And the current dude's term is up in 2024. So this is a no-brainer. Five-star player, five-year term. It matches up. Dylan Riola is not just your new hope at quarterback. He is your new state poet. And before you clones come running up in here, clowning the dude for dropping a poem, save it. For most of you, your idea of a poem is a haiku. And generally, you can't even count the syllables. You can't even get that right when you send in your haikus. It's a very specific format. 575. It's not 92418. It's not three lines of anything you want. That's what makes a haiku a haiku. 575. 575. It's not 241336. There, Rome. How come you didn't read my haiku? Because it's three long sentences. It's not a haiku. So don't come running up in here, coming for this guy, when you can't even get that right. And for some reason, many of you try and do this every single day. So y'all can't say Jack. I don't want to hear it. And besides that, let Husker fan have this, okay? If this dude is excited enough about being a Husker to write a poem, an awesome poem at that, I think that's an awesome thing. And if Husker fan is all fired up, that also is awesome. Because we all know college football is better when Husker Nation is thriving. And it's been a long time since we could say that. And now we have a long way to go to get there, yes. But swiping the poet from the Bulldogs is definitely a very, very good sign. Hey, Dylan, let me help you reach your audience. Or at least this audience, the clones. Here's the thing. I know you didn't mean to. I know you spoke from your heart. But when it comes to my audience, you're talking over their heads, dog. You just are. So let me help you. What you need to do to connect with this audience is dumb it down. You have to dumb it down. Too many verses like those will lose them. You had me. I loved it. But we have to go haiku with my audience. 575. 575. Alvin, may I have some haiku music? 575. This is what you need to do. Sucks for you, Georgia. Taking my talents back home. I'm a corn husker. That's how that's done. It's not that hard. Or, hey, Georgia Bulldogs. You thought I was going there? <laughs> or maybe a bulldog response. Maybe a bulldog response in the form of haiku. Again, may I have some music, please, Alvin? Dylan, are you nuts? They have sex with dead dogs there. Enjoy the meth clown. Did that help? Take some of the sting? Did that take some of the sing out of that Georgia fan? Hey, I'm going to stop the music.
I'll do that again for Georgia fan. Alvin, may I have some music, please? A haiku submitted by a Georgia fan. Dylan, are you nuts? They have sex with dead dogs there. Enjoy the meth, clown. I love poetry. In fact, I think when I get to Eagle River, I'm going to go into that old boathouse that I own, go to the second floor where T.S. Eliot used to compose, and I think I'm going to write my own poetry. Maybe I'll live stream that too. Anybody else? Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. I love that this guy is going to Nebraska, and I love the way he handled that announcement. Beautifully done, brah. Welcome back. One last segment, solid day today, before I get to my last take. Desert Dan writes, slap another tongue on the mic for that epic poetry reading. No need. Just doing my job. Just doing my job. It comes naturally. Just doing my job. Just rolls off my tongue. You know this. James Rome III. Why would Riola go to Nebraska when he could go to Cambridge, Oxford, Princeton, or Middlebury? With respect... Beauregard in Pacific Palisades. Two things, Beauregard. Number one, always good to hear from you. Whoever you are, picks or it doesn't or it didn't happen. Beauregard, I just don't know that you really are Beauregard and that you live in Pacific Palisades. I still tend to believe that you're Bert in Hammett. I mean, sure. If I were Bert in Hammett, nothing against Hammett, or Bert, but if I were Bert in Hammett, and if I closed my eyes really tight, and I had a vision and a dream of what life could be, I probably would come conjure up Beauregard in Pacific Palisades. Picks or it didn't happen, quote, Beauregard. Ryan Cathy 12 writes, Poetry is just another classic attempt by Nebraska to make itself out to appear like an uppity Big Ten school. Hey, Cornhusker, go back to the farm league that you used to be in. Remember those days when you could actually hold your head up high? Hashtag Boomer Sooner. I love that. A Sooner fan calling Nebraska uppity for being in the Big Ten. Here's one. There once was a man named Riola who flipped to the Huskers from Georgia. He thought he would win, but the helmet said N and forgot that Nebraska was ass. Andy from Denver. I'm telling you, I give the guy credit. Like I said, everybody is trying to get so extravagant with it and so zany and so clever. The fact that my dude dropped poetry and dropped it pretty well, I thought was hilarious. And Scott is that guy, dear at Jim Rome. Please do not encourage the clones to dabble in poetry. The last thing we need is Poetry Larry or Dino in Vegas cracking the limericks. 
Hey, Jimmy, that poem was closer to the outhouse than the boathouse. Scott in the 716. Why are you all hating on this guy? It wasn't. It was good. It was fun. It was funny. It was different. It was different. It was original. God, why do you all have a default mode of hate? Can't you open your mind to anything? It was fun, man. It was funny. Like I said, hate is the new dopamine. At Drabo21 writes, I thought poems were supposed to rhyme. Hey, dude, that's funny. I thought poems were supposed to rhyme. You know why that's funny? Because I thought that poems were spelled P-O-E-M. Not the way you spelled it, Drabo. Respectfully, dude. And don't come at me with autocorrect. You misspelled the word poem. If I had to bet actual money, I bet even James Kelly could spell poem. He spelled it like domes. Winthrop. Or homes. I thought poems, P-O-M-E-S, was supposed to rhyme. Dude, if you're going to make that statement, you had best spell poem correctly. How do you look at that and not know that that's spelled wrong? <laughs> how, do you, how did you graduate sixth grade and not know how to spell poem? I mean, I'm not even dropping my college diploma on you. It's poem. Hey, Snagger, that five-star recruit is going to Nebraska so he can sleep with his sister and his brother sure is jealous. For the love of God, Jim. Otis in Austin? For the love of God, Otis. Otis! Look, my dude, you're an also an OG of sorts. Otis, I don't know if you took a nap for 20 years and then came back, but stuff like that was barely forgivable on this show 20 years ago, and it really is not forgivable in 2023. Sister, brother, sex smack. Brother. Otis. No, you, Otis, for the love of God. This guy writes, why are all these people hating on this kid? Doesn't everybody know that the N on the Nebraska helmet stands for knowledge? Thanks. Ron. Also, very original, Ron. Hey, Husker fan, why do I have to defend you? Why do I have to? Why do I have to? Why do I have to? I know you're beaten down, but I also know that you are really, really good at defending yourselves. Why am I fighting this fight for you, Husker fan? And one more guy, Tom Minneapolis writes, you can ask the Wisconsin clones, but if they're having weather anything close to Minnesota, it is not safe to ice fish now. It's supposed to be 48 degrees in Minneapolis on Christmas. It likely will be a brown Christmas, even up in Eagle River. I saw a video today. I saw people snow skiing across the lake. I don't know. I'm going to trust my guy, Woody. Woody will know whether or not it's safe for me to walk out on the lake. 
Hey, believe me, I'm not risking my life to ice fish. Believe that. Now we're done. My thanks to Dennis done. Dodd, CBS Sports, Kyle Juszczyk, Harvard, Niners fullback, good dude. The XR4TI, little understaffed today. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, you see Alvi, you see Tommy, you see Cindy, you don't see Savage. And that's that. Hey, y'all have a great day. See you tomorrow. We're out.